I can't tell you how happy I am that we have such a diverse church. Like, diverse in backgrounds, diverse in styles, diverse in personalities. I mean, most churches have a diverse amount of people in there, but they all kind of, I would say, agree on a lot of little things, but we agree on one big thing. And I love that even if there are different disagreements that we don't feel like we have to blast each other or hate each other because there may be some small disagreements that we can actually see through um, any disagreements and actually see the love in one another. And that's an amazing thing. And I've been a part of groups and churches that don't do that. And it is, it is amazing to see you guys. Uh, Tracy and I kind of took a backstage for a little while, a little hiatus, if you will, um, but we couldn't leave. We just kind of hung out in the back and and uh, just listen to the awesome messages by Buddy and Ben. And last week, Ben's message was, like, so on point, like, so good. And, and I think Tracy and I both needed to hear it. It was just so good. Um, so I just thank you guys for being you. I mean, y'all are awesome. Y'all are all really different. You guys encourage us and pray for us and check on us and um, completely unprompted. And that's just an amazing thing. We try to do the same thing, but you guys are much better at it than we are sometimes. Um, something Ben mentioned last week that kind of spun my sermon that I was going to speak last week until things changed up. Uh, it kind of turned it on its head and, and made me go a different direction. Then I got a confirmation this week on what I wanted to talk about today. And uh, what Ben said last week, he said a few things last week. One of the things that really springboarded this is not how but why. Do you remember he said that? Not how but why. It's something that we talk about a lot in here, and I, I loved hearing Ben's perspective on it. And there's been there were so many years after I got saved when I was trying to learn how but I didn't really understand why. Um, I went through a lot of discipleship programs and, and, and ways to try to understand Scripture better and so that I could be better and do more and all these things. And many of us from different backgrounds have experienced this in different levels and different ways, right? And for me, I remember trying really hard um, to do all these things and, and always feeling like I was never good enough, that nothing I did was never enough. And the few times when I did feel like it was enough, it was very short-lived, and not long after that, I would either mess up or I'd make a mistake or I'd find a, a, an issue with something and I would fall. And everything that I'd built up for those weeks or months would just fall apart and I'd start all over again. And I remember being on that vicious cycle for, man, I don't know how many years until we, we found deeper life back in the day and began to, to kind of discover the truth in, in the gospel of Jesus and in, in, in the kingdom and in grace and understanding what that meant. And so it's amazing now on this side of it, that I know it's more important to know the why than the how. What, what we need to discover before we even get into anything is that the scriptures are not prescriptive, they're descriptive. What I, what I ran into a lot was a lot of prescriptive things about the Bible is do this so that this will happen. Now, in our covenant, that's not how that works. <laughs> Jesus did something so that we can live. So it's, it's kind of an upside-down kingdom we've talked about before. It's, it's an amazing thing that we don't have to strive. The only thing we strive for is to enter into his rest now. We strive to enter into rest. What a, what a dichotomy of things to strive to enter into rest. Now, if you've not, if you've not ever had to do that, <laughs> I've had to do that. You, I had to do that last week. It is hard. I had to do that last week. I had to strive to enter into his rest because there were so many things that need to be done, and you feel like you're the only one that can do them, right? Am I alone? <laughs> I'm the only one that can do this, apparently, and so I've got to do all the things. And sometimes the Lord says, no, you need to take a step back and just rest. Rest in me knowing that you can't do all the things. And if I don't say anything else, hopefully that will free somebody up in here. You can't do all the things. Amen. And if you, if you try to do all the things, you're, you're going to get burned out really quick. There are people probably better and more gifted than you to do some of the things that you've been trying to do. 
Let him do it. Let him do it. The Holy Spirit is a big boy. He can, he can handle himself. You don't have to do all the things. All right. Not how, but why. Um, the Bible's not an instruction manual. It's something that, that Ben alluded to last week also. We always felt like it was like an instruction manual. How do I need to live? Listen, there's a checklist of things that, that I could do to make that would, quote, unquote, make my marriage good, you know, kiss my wife goodbye or take the trash out and different things like that. That does not create a good relationship between me and Tracy. I mean, it would help <laughs> if I take the trash out. She's shaking her head. Yes, it would help. But that would not, <laughs> that would not you're not helping. That would not, uh, <laughs> that would not make in us a loving relationship. I mean, it, like I said, it would. <laughs> I'm going, going too far. All right, come back. Um, but I could go down a checklist and basically be a robot and do all the things that I think would be a relationship would not make a good relationship. The same thing, the law tried to make us just right and good. The law was just right and good. It just didn't have the power to make us just right and good because we needed, we needed Jesus. We needed a Savior. We needed a love that could, could go past and beyond anything that we could do to earn it. Although we wanted to, and we still want to, we desire to do the things that, that uh, please God. But unfortunately, we, no matter how hard we try, we will drop the ball eventually. And we've all been down that road. We've all built that house of cards, and it's all fallen. So it's like Ben said last week, it's why we're here. We're rebuilding and understanding who Jesus is and how we find our security and our source in him and in him alone. Jesus plus nothing. This is huge. All of us have different backgrounds, right? Well, I was talking to my mom this morning about she grew up in Catholicism. I don't know a lot about Catholicism. I know a little bit, but I asked her. I, I just had a conversation with Brian about it. I said, in my background, there was this idea that the, the solution to your problems usually, and I come from more charismatic, most of you guys know me, I come from more charismatic background, and there was always a solution was either like an anointing, a fresh anointing, or a revival, or coming up to the altar, or uh, there was still confession, of, more confession of sins, and uh, being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues was like a solution. Okay, well, you're having issues, you need this. And what happened, what happened is there were these formulas. Well, then I talked to Brian, I was like, well, what, what was the solution? It was, it was uh, how, how bad... You made people feel when you preach. Was that one of them? <laughs> how bad they felt when they left that they would try to do better and change. Um, how many souls were won? Like how many how many people got saved? Kind of a checklist thing. What were some other? Was there another one? Was that it? That was about it. Um, and so there's that emphasis. Why? Well, asked my mom. I was like, "What about Catholicism?" She said, "Well, when I was a kid, I would go." And she said, "I was told to go and confess my sins in this little booth to this priest, and he would tell me how many Hail Marys you would say." She would say, I had to make up stuff. You know, I stole a couple cookies. I was mean to my sister. You didn't have to make that up. You probably were, right? I just felt pressure to do it. You're bad. Confess. Yeah, so she would confess, and then they would prescribe you a certain amount of Hail Marys. And she said, I would say them fast. Like, I was like, well, how do you know they worked? You were saying them so fast. You didn't even know if they were. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You just had to say them for penance. But, but what's interesting is it doesn't matter our background. It doesn't matter. There is always man's solution to a God problem. <laughs> the problem with that is if you put your faith in man, you're putting your faith in the wrong thing. Paul talks about this. I'm getting ahead of myself of persuasive words. Listen, if I was up here trying to persuade you to believe what I believe in the way that I believe it, your faith would be in me. And the moment you had troubles or, or if I failed in some way, which is going to happen eventually, um, <laughs> uh, then you guys would fall because your faith is in me, not in Christ. This is why Jesus plus nothing is so important. You can't prescribe extra things to it. It's not just a prescriptive Jesus plus you need to do all these things. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. All right. This prompted the, 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 the thought that I had from back in the day of a quote-unquote, have you all ever heard of a spirit-filled church? Have you all heard that? 
Okay, what we used to determine Spirit-filled church was there may be like flags flying, you know, or a shofar, <laughs> or uh, speaking in tongues, or uh, what else, prophesying, different things like that. Does that sound familiar? Would be a, a quote-unquote spirit, and it, depending on your background, you may not have heard that before, but that's how it was described, and that's how I remembered it being. Now, I started looking at Scripture, and I don't, I don't see that specifically of what a spirit-filled church is. And I believe that we are a spirit-filled church. Without a shadow of a doubt, we're a spirit-filled church. Now, what I find is the description that I see in Scripture is much clearer than our messed-up description. I know. I was upset when I found out, too. <laughs> but our description is outward, outward, right? Our description is looking at the outside, the actual manifestation of what's going on on the inside. For some reason, we target the physical for something that's happening in the spirit. And we, we get the cart before the horse in these things. So we know that if that's not what it looks like, let's look what it, at what it does look like. Listen, we would place what, what, what I would or what I would hear other people talk about, and some of them would not say it, but still say it, that there's this, this guy's spirit-filled because he does these things, and this guy has good doctrine as though they're separate, right? Have you all ever heard that? Oh, we've got good sound doctrine, but then this guy's spirit-filled because he's running around and dancing, as though that means you're spirit-filled. Listen, this guy, if he has real good, not just any doctrine, but if he has good doctrine, which is Christ and Christ crucified, then he is just as spirit-filled as this guy that's running around and dancing and with the flags. Am I wrong? Listen, spirit-filled is the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is the Spirit of God. How do we get around Jesus to try to find the outward manifestation and find our, our purpose and our joy in just the outward manifestation, what's going on inside? There's an inside transformation that happens to us when we're saved, and it is the, the Holy Spirit that comes to live with us. It is Christ himself, the same, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, comes to dwell in our mortal bodies. That is being spirit-filled. You are spirit-filled when that happens. Now, is, does, are there different levels of that? Well, yeah, we, we, we see things and we feel things and we adjust to different things. And listen, every morning when I'm in worship, man, I feel the Lord. No doubt that I feel his presence. It doesn't mean that his presence leaves me when I'm at work stressing out over a project or something. It's, it's no, no different. Listen, my favorite thing to do, especially on, uh, with, with Buddy. Is Buddy in here? Where's Buddy? He might be helping. All right, yeah, he's in the kitchen helping. Buddy on Wednesday nights, this is a shameless plug. Come on Wednesday nights and listen to Buddy. Man, <laughs> I love this because Buddy's style is completely different than my style. He has handouts with blanks, and that makes me twitch. Oh, no, oh, that sounds like Sunday school, and I don't know what to do with it because that's not the way that I learn. That's just not me. But to hear him speak, and it's funny because I'm in the back going, amen, yeah, that's good. I'm like charismatic guy in the back. Shut up, Justin. But everything he's saying resonates with me. He is spirit-filled, and when he's speaking the truth, that's the Holy Spirit. When he's speaking good doctrine, when, when, when Christ and the finished work of Christ comes out of Buddy's mouth, even though it sounds sarcastic and ridiculous sometimes, <laughs> it is the truth. And I mean, it is good news, and I get excited. And I'm like, yeah, this is good, right? Well, th there's no difference in that than anything else as far as being spirit-filled. Listen, when, when, when Paul went into a place and taught Christ, and I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself again, he taught Christ and Christ crucified, nothing else. He said, listen, I come to you guys, and I, and I put aside everything else I've ever known, everything else I've ever cared about, any merit that I thought that I had in my own validity, anything that I could do on my own, I count it all as garbage, as, as dung, as poop. I count it as garbage, everything. All I care about is that I know Christ and Christ knows me. That is being spirit-filled is knowing that you know Christ and Christ knows you intimately. All right. Part of the problem is we want everyone else to experience 
Jesus the same way that we experience Jesus? What's, what's the problem with that? Is there a problem with that? Let's start there. We can be interactive. It's okay. You can talk. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Doug. Be careful. I care, careful when I say that. What do you think? Doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what we do. We, we want to put Jesus in a box because this is the way that I've experienced it. So everyone else needs to experience it the way that I experienced. Instead of just leading them to Christ, instead of leading them to your experience, you lead them to Christ and you go, okay, here's, here's my big soapbox. We have neglected the Holy Spirit in our church, not our church specifically, the Big C Church, I think, in many ways because we have tried to shortcut the Holy Spirit with outward constraint instead of inward transformation. We don't allow the Holy Spirit time to, to work and move in people because we have our own timeline because this is the way that we experienced it. I experienced it this way in this amount of time at this place with this style of teaching, with this style of music, and so everyone else needs to experience it the way that I experience it. No, you're not wrong. You're just kicking my ADD in overtime. <laughs> Listen, that's a, good po- that's a good point, Doug. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because Common Core, I think, in theory, was good. In execution, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And I'm not a teacher. I'm, I'm barely a learner. <laughs> yeah, Common Core, in theory, I read, I was like, oh, this sounds good. And then one of my kids came home, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> This isn't even English or math. This doesn't make any sense at all. But that's why, because someone had an idea and it was a good idea, but the way that they saw it, not everyone else sees it that way. That's a good point, Doug. Kudos to you. You get, you get something. I don't know what that's one. Don't get used to it. All right. All right, 1 Corinthians 1.10. 1 Corinthians 1.10. <laughs> It says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, that there be no divisions among you. This is something else that Ben said last week. And just, I love it because when other, when other guys preach, they have a really good message, but I always catch the little bits, and I go, man, you should have stayed right there and, and tackled that some more. So I get to. So. But what he said was, uh, is, is the gospel divisive? No, it's not. The gospel in and of itself is not divisive. We make it divisive. Because we make it about what we wanted to make it about, and so it divides people. The gospel is not divisive. It's, it's, it's unifying. It should bring people all to know Christ. It should be unifying within the brethren. <laughs> brethren. I've been listening to y'all King James folks too long. All right. No, no divisions. <laughs> See, we're diverse. No divisions among you, but I'm not preaching from the message, so I'm doing pretty good. This is NIV. But, uh, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me, and Brian said I had to mention that Chloe was a female pastor, so that's going to make your head explode. All right. From Chloe's household, <laughs> if, depending on your background, have informed me of uh, informed me that there are quarrels among you, which I also think is funny because Chloe be talking. She, <laughs> Chloe's getting a little messy when she's telling Paul about some stuff. All right. Chloe, <laughs> from Chloe's household, have informed me. She done told me that there are some quarrels among you. 
Uh, verse 12, what I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. I love this, verse 13. Is Christ divided? No. Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? <laughs> I thank God that I did not baptize any of you. And this is, I love this, except Christmas and Gaius. So no, one, so no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Listen to this. Yes, I also baptized the house of Stephen. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anybody else. <laughs> I love the Bible. It's so funny to me. Yeah, 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 those two. Because I, I know, Paul knows people, and they're going to be like, wait a minute. No, you baptize these other people. He's like, yeah, 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 those two. Verse 17, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Listen to what that's saying. These are, these are powerful words right here. Lest the cross be emptied of its power. If I come to you with some wisdom, what's wisdom and eloquence? It doesn't mean that we don't need to have wisdom. Yeah, we need to have wisdom. Coming with my persuasive words that says, follow me in the way that I think that it should be. Or even back then it was if you were wealthy or you were a king, then that meant that you were blessed by God, right? We know that that's not true. That's not how, that's not how you're blessed by God is if you're a king or if you're wealthy or if you're uh, uh, of the, we know that that's not true at all in the gospel of Jesus. Gospel comes for every man, all men. And he's saying, look, I'm not coming to you with just some basic knowledge or some other doctrine. I'm coming to you with the doctrine of Christ and Christ crucified, the only one doctrine that is the truth, and that's Jesus. Verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved it is the power of God. Listen, Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. The Birches made me a shirt that says, listen, 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 it's all about Jesus. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much our whole message. It's all about Jesus. It all points back to him. And somehow we find our way around Jesus and, make these, and, and create <laughs> groups and denominations and cults, essentially, sometimes, that make it all about our performance. No matter what our background is, we make it about what can we do to gain favor in God's eyes. We won't say it out loud, but that's what we mean. So what happens, we see, we talked about earlier in, as far as a spirit-filled church, we would see people singing or dancing or speaking in tongues. Listen, I believe in all of those things in the modern operation of all of the gifts, all of them, which include teaching, by the way. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, but it's not those things in and of themselves that create in a person a righteous person or a holy person or a spirit-filled person. I could dance around here, fall down, speak in tongues, and, and that, that in and of itself does not equate that I'm filled with the Spirit. I could get up here and teach and preach, and that in and of itself does not equate that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. What makes me filled with the Holy Spirit? This is so simple. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's it. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit because Christ died for me, and in him I have found a new creation. He's come to be my friend and to be my comforter and to be my leader and to be with me to the end of the world, to the, to the end of days. He will be here. So now I don't have, what don't I have? Fear. What does he take away when we, when we, when we have the Holy Spirit, he takes away all the things that we see that don't look like the kingdom that we're a part of now. So what happens there? Now, here's the thing. We may have times where I cry out. Big surprise, I cry. There may be times that I cry. There may be times that I come up here and I, and I just call out to the Lord and I get on my knees and my face. There may be times that I speak in tongues and I do speak in tongues. Those are good things. Those are all good things. Because of what's going on inside me, those things come out. When I speak doctrine, when I speak good news, that's Holy Spirit, that's Spirit-filled overflowing, and it resonates. We've talked about sympathetic resonance. You play a piano over here, and the chord begins to reverberate over here because it's the same chord. 
when I speak truth, when I speak the gospel, when, when Ben or Buddy up here or Andrew or anybody that's up here speaks truth and it resonates with you, it's spirit to spirit. That spirit coming, when we speak words out, that's life going out. We've talked about you have a, a church on this corner, a church on this corner. What's, they have the same doctrine. They have the same style of music. They have the same whatever, sound panels, the same chairs. But one is, one is different than the other. Why? Because one has life and one does not. One has the spirit and one does not. We, we either have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or we have the tree, or the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or the tree of life. Even if you're eating off the good branch on the wrong tree, you're on the wrong tree. I mean, this is really simple stuff. There were only two trees, and there's still only two trees. We're either in Christ, crucified. There's no old covenant to go back to. None of us are Jews anyway, but there's still no old covenant to go back to. It is Christ and Christ crucified. That's the only hope that we have. So those things in and of themselves, no matter what the outward manifestation is, those things in and of themselves do not make a person filled or unfilled. The only true evidence that I've seen in Scripture is love. If you, if you want to see somebody, you want to see somebody that's filled with the Holy Spirit, you see how they treat other people, and I'll tell you if they have the Holy Spirit or not. The greatest is love. Even when it goes, and I don't want to get into all the gifts, but that's a completely different sermon. Even all of the gifts, man, I want to encourage all the gifts. I need, I need you guys to operate in them because I'm not gifted in all those areas. But if you don't love, don't operate in them. Sorry. I'm being for 100% serious. As pastor, if you don't love, don't start operating those gifts. You may see your gifts. Catch love first. And this is my, and I'll tell you my experience, and this isn't everybody's experience. Don't try to do it like me because yours may be different. And I've heard, I've, I've heard so many different experiences. Mine, specifically with speaking in tongues, was I desired it because I thought that it was something I need because of my background. I thought that it was something that I needed to, to I don't know. I, I don't even know why. I just thought it was something I needed. So there were three or four years where I sought this, and almost like my mom confessing sins that I didn't even, I was like trying to make up sins. Well, I watched the movie, and it was, it was R-rated. I mean, maybe that was, I need to talk about that with God. And, you know, something's, there's got to be a, and here's the thing. In my mind, I thought there's got to be a barrier. Something's holding me back. And so I felt less than for three or four years, but that was never God's heart. And, but I think God was patient in me, knowing now where I'd be, to say, no, I need you to understand much deeper that you need to love before you can ever operate in any gift. And so for me, it took time for him to work that in me to where I wouldn't be prideful about it or I wouldn't try to make it about me that I'd accomplish something. And you, you, you will rarely hear me speak in tongues because of that reason. Because for me, it's, 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 it's something very personal for me and it's something that I don't think is going to be edifying to you in a group setting necessarily. So there's times that I will... I will pull back and do that on my own because that's a gift that I don't think is necessary for you guys for edification on Sunday mornings every, every Sunday. If I just sat up here and spoke in tongues all for how long are we going to be here? We're going to be here two hours? Just kidding. We're not going to be here two hours. just want to see what y'all's faces would look like. We were just visiting. We out. Um, <laughs> but if I sat up here and spoke in tongues for whatever, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, what would y'all do? Okay. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I'm, I'm getting way off topic. I blame Doug. All right. Uh, no reason. I just, you're just an easy target. All right. So now, in a, in a moment of pain and a moment of desperation, there's going to be an outward expression. That looks different to everybody, and I'm not going to paint that picture, and you shouldn't either. I went back to paper because I got lost, and I tried to do digital, but I couldn't do it with the, with the I'm trying not to kill trees, but it didn't work out, so i got to kill a few. All right. Because I got lost when I was going through my iPad. I was like, I, I don't know when I end, and I couldn't keep up with the time. doesn't matter. Now you all know. 
1 Corinthians 2.1. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2.1, this is a little bit further down from what I was just talking about. It says, So it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with the eloquence of human wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Listen, we can take that and twist it into something that it's not. We can take that and twist it into, oh, well, you got to be a man of power. Man of God's got power. And we run around like, Hadouken, like trying to just knock people over constantly because I'm a man of God and I've got power. He just told you that he came with a message. He was, he was afraid and he was trembling, but he came with a message. Paul preached. Paul just didn't come and Hadouken everybody and walk away. He taught. Look, he wrote most of the New Testament, right? Is it the Hadouken? Was that too much? Hadouken. If you don't know, it's a video game. It's, I'm old. It's an old video game. Um, anyway, it's, it, should I explain? Do I need to explain that? It's like power. Knock you over power. All right. Woo. Listen, I do, I do not come to you with persuasive words. <laughs> Our eloquent teaching. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> you, sir, do not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you, if you are convinced, if you are convinced, oh my goodness, I'm laughing. I'm getting the laughter. It's an outward manifestation. If you were, if you were, uh, <laughs> it really is. If you were, okay. If you're convinced by wise and persuasive words, then your faith is in man, not God. Right. This is something we go over, over and over again. It doesn't mean that there's not good practical teaching. Of course we teach each other. I'm, my daughter drove me to church today. <laughs> is she in here? Is Trinity in here? Okay, good. Whew. I'm trying not to talk about my kids anymore because I, I, ever since Ben said something about it, I feel like they're stressed out all the time because I bring them up. But I just talk about life. It is what it is. So Trinity drove me to church this morning, and she did a great job. She did a really good job. But, I mean, she's just learning, and it's kind of scary. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. It's a little scary, but she did a great job, and I encouraged her the whole time. Without even thinking about it, I would say, good job. You did that perfectly. I couldn't have done that better myself. And about three-quarters of the way to church, normally I listen to worship music or sermons on the way to church, but I didn't because I needed to focus and have hands free. Uh, and so, and yeah, I was praying. You talk about pray without ceasing. All right. Anyway, so... So on the way here, about three-quarters of the way here, I realized I, I didn't dawn on me how, <laughs> not trying to like tip my own hat, like how encouraging I was, but I was really encouraging to her. I feel like I did a good job. But listen, it, it was a good mirror of what God does with us. He encourages us when we say, I don't know, he doesn't harp on me when I make a mistake and say, that's what the enemy does. He reminds you of your mistakes when God says, no, 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 I call you by your, your new name, which is found in me, righteous and, and peace. And so when, when I encourage her, it's the same way the Father encourages us. We talk about being filled with the Spirit. Listen, the the Spirit fills us up. Who fills all things in every way? Jesus. These things are not mutually exclusive. It's not like the Spirit's going this way and Jesus is going that way and sound doctrine's over here somewhere. Right? This is is all the thing. We talk about when when some of our detractors with grace talk about, well, grace and truth, make sure you throw truth in there. They're going the same direction. (laughs) Yes, grace and truth. Plural. (laughs) It's the same thing. Grace is truth. This is Jesus. This is the Holy Spirit. These are the same. They're going in the same direction. 
And they were comparing law and grace and truth, and they're like, well, make sure you got some truth in there. No, law's going over here. This is, anyway. Paul didn't come preaching an improved lifestyle. He came preaching Christ and him crucified. The supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is to save, heal, and deliver. Remember Sozo? Sozo is saved, healed, delivered. The fullness of Christ is found in the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you find that you're saved, healed, and delivered. Sozo is the word for it. When, when he would come and heal people, they would say, you can't heal somebody on the Sabbath. Well, would you rather me heal them or say his sins are forgiven? Which one would you rather? What he's saying is, I can do, I can do what I want. I'm the son of God. He was, he was, he, that, wasn't a, that was a serious, that wasn't a weird flex. That was a good flex. He was saying, look, I am, I am the son of God. This is who I am. And he's saying, I have the power to do both of these things. Which would you rather me do? And what he's saying is, uh, sozo, saved, healed, delivered, is all of those things in one. It's not just physical healing, but it's eternal healing. You can only, and I always say this all the time, not to, not to detract from physical healing because we pray fervently for, and make petition for physical healing, and we've seen it too many times to not, to not believe that it is true. There's mystery involved in it. I'm not going to get into all that. But I will tell you that it is 100% true, and we believe in healing for sure here physically. But there are so many times we can heal somebody before they eventually die physically. And I would rather make sure that, they, that the kingdom of God is in their hearts than just have a physical healing. If that wants to be an outward manifestation of it, praise God. I want that to happen, and I think God is, is on the same page with that. All right, I'm getting off topic again. So we preach Christ and him crucified, and the results are that people are filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a very simple process. The simple gospel, once again, another plug for Wednesdays, come Wednesday nights. Buddy does an awesome job of teaching the good news. If you like handouts, it's even better. All right, Ephesians 5.15 says, Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that the, what the Lord's will is. Remember the days are evil on this part. This is a key, a key part. It says the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. 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 How do you say that? Debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Something Ben talked about last week. Your heart is not deceitfully wicked above all things. That was your old heart. Your new heart you can sing to the Lord from right here. Sing, uh, make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now the days are evil. What he's saying is that we are still part of a fallen world. If you open your eyes and have your ears open and walk outside these doors, you will see evidence of living in a fallen world. The days you'll see evil things, right? What do we, what, why do we get drunk on wine or beer or booze, whatever you want to call it? The liquor. Why do we get drunk on the liquor? Why? Escape. Perfect. Escape. I was hoping we'd get some more flaky stuff, but that's the main thing. Escape. We want to escape. We want to lose our inhibitions and relax and get away, right? This is, it's funny. No. Lose our awareness. Y'all are going to, y'all, okay, focus, squirrel. All right. There is a, a part of, I, I'm, you guys know, most of, most of you know that I'm in, in outside sales, sell like paint equipment stuff, and there's a, a couple of my customers that are from across the pond. They're uh, Irish and uh, some German, but the Irishmen are funny to me because our culture in America is different than their culture. I don't know if you know this. I know vividly because they've had to rehire several people over and over again because they don't put up with, <laughs> these Irishmen will just dog cuss them. You can't understand half what they're saying, but they will just dog cuss them out 
and then want to go to like, let's go to the pub after work and get drunk and party. And they're like, I don't want to see you ever again. <laughs> but in their culture, that's normal. That's normal. They, they talk to each other that way and they just, I mean, horrible, somewhat humorous, but horrible, like just dogging each other out bad. But then they think it's normal. It's normal. And they're like, hey, let's go to the pub. Ah, and then we'll fight or something, you know. And it's, it's, it seems a little stereotypical, but it's true. I've seen it. Anyway, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, that's the reason. Well, I think the, I think the reason is if we, if we think that we're escaping from, how do, I put, how do I put this? If we find ourselves outside of the reality that God places us in, we think we need to escape. You don't need an escape from the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? When we, when we look at a physical realm and a spiritual realm, there is a, um, there's a, a, a predetermined outcome that we have to see. We have to see that these things are running parallel, and if we're, we're too much caught in the physical, we'll miss the spiritual part. So we have to see that the Spirit is doing things constantly. The Spirit is moving and, and leading and prompting and comforting. The Holy Spirit moves and, and walks with us, and we, I was, we, we, it's almost like a dance. I remember, uh, what's his name? Uh, no, <laughs> that's a good good point. This is a pastor in, uh, what's the cool pastor with the glasses? <laughs> he made one song called Pray, and you call him, is he a pastor now? MC Hammer, no, Judah, Judah Smith. Judah said, walk with me, talk with me, the message version. Watch how I do it, the Holy Spirit, we dance, like it's like we dance with the Holy Spirit. He's with us all the time. <laughs> MC, MC Hammer. Oh, my God. Listen, God was so good that he, he came down to be with us all the time. That's how much he loves us. He says, you go and you join yourself with a heart like guess who goes with you. He's not just trying to make you feel bad about what you're doing. He's saying, this is how much I love you. I'm not even going to leave you when you go do something like that. You see how we've gotten that mixed up? All we look at is the bad part, but not the good part. The love of the Father that says, I want better for you than this. Not, you stupid idiot, let me hit you with my rock. <laughs> I want better. It's the love of the Father that says, I want good for you. I want the best for you. It's a trade-up when you come to me. And this is what I try to tell people that are lost. So you don't understand. You know, I don't, no, you don't understand. <laughs> so I, tell, I don't think you get it. I don't think you know how good this life is. This isn't a, a, God's not some cosmic killjoy so that you can one day, you've got to suffer now. It's going to be terrible now, but one day you get to die and go to heaven. And we always talk about, we'll just hold each other a little longer when we baptize and send them on their way. If that's the only goal, but it's not the goal. Christ came and he brought his kingdom with him to place it in our hearts. When he says, I make mansions, I make homes with you. He's saying, listen, I created a place for you and then I brought that place and deposited it in your heart. And sealed it with the Holy Spirit so that now we are one together forever. So we may get new bodies when we die and go to heaven one day, but our spirit is the same. It's just a changing of uh, zip codes. We just we, we transfer over into a new, and we get a new body. Thank God. My body's worn out. My mind thinks I'm still like 20, but I can't move in the mornings. I don't think I told you all before. I went to jump on the back of my truck the other day, and this is just so funny to me. I, in my mind, I thought, well, I'm just going to jump up here and grab the, you know, the side of the truck. <laughs> it, was, it was almost like slow-mo movie, and I jumped up, and I was not where I thought I was going to be. <laughs> I just fell over backwards. Well, that didn't work out. Anyway, I digress. All right. (laughs) 
All right, I'm going to skip some of that because I don't want to keep you guys too long so you can eat your foods. All right, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up with this. Ephesians 3.16 says, <clears throat> I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner, in your inner being. This goes back to an inward transformation, not an outward constraint. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow Wow is right. That, there's so much there. You want, to be, you want to see filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me read, I'm going to read it again. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy is what we all, if you, if, if you know anything, <laughs> you know that's what we all, we all desire righteousness, peace, and joy. The Bible tells us righteousness, peace, and joy is found in the Holy Spirit. There's power in the Holy Spirit, not in the outward manifestations of the Holy Spirit, in the Spirit. There is power in the Spirit. I know I keep saying the same thing. I'm going to say it again. There's power in the Spirit. We can't get around this. It's Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus. The, the whole thing of the Bible being uh, descriptive, not prescriptive, the Bible is descriptive because it describes Jesus from the front to the back. The Word became flesh in the beginning. The revelation is a revelation of Jesus and everything in between. All the types and shadows from the Old Testament... From, from Jonah being swallowed for three days was a showing that God, Jesus was going to die and be buried for three days and raised again. He came back out of the well. You look at David and Goliath. Jesus is David, not us. We're shaking in our boots. Jesus is our salvation. You look at all the Old Testament, all the way into the New, all the way into Revelation. It's all a revelation of Jesus, who Jesus is. All of it. So the description is of Jesus. Yes? Simple? All right. That's all I got. We good? Any questions? We got like five minutes. Y'all have anything to add or any questions or anything? Nope. <laughs> Chris said, nope, I'm good. I get it. Come on, somebody's got to have something. No? Y'all hungry. <laughs> Chloe told me y'all has, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stand up with me, I'm going to pray for y'all. <clears throat> If y'all, I'm sure they have extras. If you didn't pay for your for food, I'm sure they have extras. If y'all want to grab some, go back there and get some. Confirmed. That was a confirmation. <clears throat> I want to make one more example. I just thought about this. I looked over and I saw I saw Nick, and as I was in in my office studying this morning, um, I asked Trinity because Trinity came in the office. I was like, "Who's here?" And she's like, "The roads." And I guess. We have lots of different people that clean the church, and the roads are in here clean. And there's another place in Ephesians later, <clears throat> after it talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, it says they were filled with the Spirit and they served one another. Listen, the roads back here cleaning, 
the church and cleaning toilets were just as filled with the Holy Spirit as, as I am up here teaching or as anybody up here dancing or speaking in tongues. Listen, the Holy Spirit prompts us to love and to do things for one another, and it, it prompts us to see things the way that God sees them because it is, is him who is teaching us, not ourselves. All right, I'll leave that lat. I'll, 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 I'll leave y'all with that. Lord, I just thank you <clears throat> that you show us, that you demonstrate to us, that you live, you live your, uh, your Holy Spirit lives through us. Lord, we always say we're an R&D church. Lord, we receive, we receive your love. If we are lacking in any way, Lord, we receive it from you so that we can distribute it to others. Lord, if we are impatient, Lord, we receive right now your patience so that we can be patient with others. Lord, we pray that in everything that we do that, that you would just continue. The Greek word for filling is an ongoing filling. Lord, we, we pray that you continue to remind us and give us revelation and continue to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want it all. We're not, we're not trying to hold back. We want everything that you have, but Lord, we know that everything that you have is found in you. And so, Lord, when we have you, we have enough. And thank you that we have enough, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.